This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, Show 69. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with Brandon Turner in the flesh. What's going on, Brandon? Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Brandon Turner, co-host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with Josh. How you doing? Are you mocking me? I don't mock. How you doing? <laughs> Such a nice guy. Such a nice guy. I'm good, man. I'm good. Excited about the warming weather. You know, summer's almost here. Kids are about to get out of school. Things are things are going well. You're, you're looking forward to your kids getting out of school. Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't I? Because you're gonna have them coloring all over the walls again. <laughs> My kids don't climb on the walls. I don't. I don't. I said coloring, you know, I different crayons. Oh, right? coloring. Yeah, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah. talk about that in the show later. That'll make yeah, more sense. Well, you know, whatever. We'll deal with it later. We'll deal <laughs> with it later. No, I'm excited, man. So, so looking forward to the warming period here. Good. Good for you. Good for yeah. you. I got yeah, six well, more months till that hits Washington. <laughs> I don't think it ever hits Washington. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, we got to get you out of there. I don't know. I like my I like my green, unlike your brown there in the middle of the country. Yeah, <laughs> I'll live with it. Anyway, let's uh, yeah. let's go to the quick tip before yeah, people anyone leave bored our show. Yet? Anyone yeah, bored you know. yet? <laughs> All right, guys. So today's quick tip, check it out. In the forums, if you read a really good thread or if you read a post from somebody that, that's really valuable, please go ahead and click the vote button to let the person know that it was good. Clicking the vote is kind of like a like button on Facebook and it makes people feel good. They get an email saying that somebody thought it was worthwhile. So please go ahead and, and do it. Ultimately, what it does is it tells our little computer algorithms that this person is, uh, is providing value to the community. So get out there and, and uh, acknowledge those folks who are, are putting in the efforts. Yep. So that's today's quick tip. Quick tip. All right. I want to let people know this is show 69 of the Bigger Pockets podcast, and they can check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 69. So if you have any questions or, or want to refer to any of the stuff that we talk about, you could do that on the show notes. Also, if you're a listener and have not yet rated or reviewed the show, please jump on iTunes and go ahead and do that. It does help spread the word. All right, guys. So let me bring on our guest, Mr. Brandon Krieg. Brandon is a wholesaler and flipper primarily. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about knowing when to quit your job and actually making that happen. We're going to talk about some unique marketing strategies that I, I might guess most uh, investors listening aren't currently doing. Uh, so you'll definitely want to hang around for that. And and of course, remember, jump in and check out the show notes that I had mentioned before. Uh, Brandon's a smart, savvy guy. He's a good marketer. And no matter what your strategy or focus is, uh, definitely want to check it out. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. 
Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The Wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So with that, why don't we bring him on? All right, Brandon, welcome to the show, man. Good to have you here. And I'm not talking about Turner. I'm talking about the new guy, Krieg. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm very, very happy to be here. It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful day here on the lake. So it's nice. awesome to be talking to you guys. Beautiful day on the lake. What lake is that? Uh, it's called Long Lake. It's in a very small town called Delton, Michigan. I will personally send you a $50 gift card if you can actually identify that on a map. <laughs> so, awesome. Yes, another rural guy, right? <laughs> another Michigan guy. Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a yeah. number of Michigan guys. We, we have. Yeah, this is our first Brandon, though, we've ever had. I mean, a few weeks ago, we had another Josh. So today, we're <laughs> yeah, going to complicate things. It's going to be things. confusing at all. No, not at, excited. Not at all. Excited. Yeah, very cool. All right, well, why don't we, uh, why don't we get to your story and kind of hear how you got started and uh, where you came from. So I guess why don't we start very beginning. How did you get into real estate? Like, What were you doing before and how did you get into it? Sure. Well, real estate for me really has always been about freedom. Um, whether for me that was a combination of, uh, you know, living the life that I wanted with financial freedom. And then as I got older and met my, met my wife and, you know, we started talking, that extended, it got to a bigger definition, you know, became for the, the whole family, much yep. more than just about myself. So, um, so really quick, I mean, you know, I don't think we've ever actually asked this, but what is, you know, what does that mean to you? What is financial freedom actually mean to you? Yeah, it's what, financial freedom for me means the ability to do what I want to do when I want to do it in the way that I want to do it, if that makes sense. And I'm using a lot of eyes, but again, this has become very much a we um, yeah. at this point <laughs> with, my, <laughs> with my wife and I. Um, but that could mean taking a trip, going out, going to Italy and staying there for two months and that being fine. Uh, it could mean not doing any of those things at all. It could mean uh, going to my future 
daughter's soccer games and not having to worry about coaching and being late to a business meeting or something like that afterwards. Um, it's really just the opportunity to do what we want rather than being constricted to a time frame. Well, and, and without worrying about money, ultimately. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could do that and, you know, it, sleep on a piece of cardboard. In the <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, you know, it's not exactly it either. So it's I not think, what you're looking for, right? Yeah, real estate's one, it seemed to me one of those few things that could actually get you both of those in the same, uh, same way or down the same path. Yep. And how, and how did you how did you figure that out? I mean, I I think you know those people who aren't familiar with real estate may not have that realization, right? You know, they're like, yeah, well, you know, what do I do? I want freedom. How do I find it? So <laughs> how did you how did you decide that real estate was the path? Well, I actually started. Uh, I think my path down this started in high school, just picking up random books uh, from my parents' basement. Um, you know, the the Millionaire Next Door or Lead the Field or one of the Rich Dad Poor Dad books that I bought from a library book sale. You know, so I, I just started uh, reading all these different things, and I think I was drawn to them because I always felt like I've been just a little bit different uh, than a lot of the people around me, and I think. Once I really started getting into There's it. There's a cure for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once I really started getting into it, I realized there's so much that you can do with real estate. I mean, you can make it a job where you're very active and, and doing very well with things like flipping, all of that, or you can take it very passively. Um, I mean, well, not quite as passively as you'd like, probably, but with you know buying, owning houses, and getting all those wonderful advantages. So once I started in, in investigating real estate versus stocks versus running your own business, which I've also done and is actually extremely exhausting as anybody who's ever done it. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at all these different ways, it just seemed like real estate had the best opportunity to grow, and really, uh, both financially and in terms of freedom. Uh, really provided the best avenue. Nice. Right you, you know, one thing, we always ask that question at the end of the show, which we'll ask later about what sets apart successful people. But I just wanted to point out that like, what I've noticed time and time again on the show uh, when we ask people how you got started is I would say 90 to 95% of everyone started with a book of some kind, like reading, right? Right. Like Definitely, reading yeah. is, is just so important that I don't know what it does, but when you're reading a book, like when I think of my life, all the greatest times of growth uh, where I've grown the most as a person have been in times where I read a lot. And, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. So very, I think it's very important just to... to reading is fundamental. Reading <laughs> is fundamental. So if you are yes. somebody who doesn't ever read and you want to get into real estate, I think that's something that you want to do is start reading. Uh, you know, uh, Another Great. alternative actually to reading, if you're really just not a reader, if it's really just not your thing. Um, somewhat recently, uh, actually, I got into more audio books because yes, I find yes. myself... Living in Delton, Michigan, which is between Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo on the west side of the state, between those two, I do a lot of driving to actually go to houses and work on rehabs and things like that. So with that, with audiobooks, with podcasts like we've got, you know, you can actually get a lot of that advantage even if you don't have time to sit down and do it. So audiobooks of these great classics that everyone always brings up on the show um, is a really good way to go, I think. Nice. Nice. There you go. There you go. All right. Moving on from the Captain Obvious questions that Brandon <laughs> decided to throw at you. Uh, what, uh, so what, what do you do, man? What's your, uh, what's, what's, your, what's your path in real estate? What do you sure. focus on? Well, the beginning of the path was uh, I, a quote from one of the Jim Collins books was Fire Bullets, Then Cannonballs. Uh, I think it's from the newest one. Uh, but uh, the bullets were everything. It was uh, 
seller financing, wholesaling, uh, rehabbing, mobile homes, really whatever I could do, whatever I could get a foothold in, whatever I could start to figure out, I would try, um, which is good in a lot of ways. I figured out a lot of what I like and, and don't like and all of that. Um, but most recently, I've really uh, settled into rehabbing homes, so buying them, fixing them, and selling them, and uh, also wholesaling things. So I do a lot of direct marketing, so gotcha. I kick those other ones back to other people. So, so your pursuit of financial freedom has found you uh, working a job. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. So it start for me. You know that that path is is a process. You know, it's not like in six months I could say, "Hey, okay, sweet, I don't have to work anymore." Awesome. Right. I mean, if if somebody has pulled it off, kudos, and I want to hear them on the next podcast. That would yeah, be me awesome. too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to hear the guy on the podcast who got rich in six months with that system. Like, I swear, I would I would kill to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Not, here's my not going to find them. Crickets, crickets, crickets. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> my real story is there was a pop up ad that came up and it said, um, be rich with four hours a week of work in 60 days. And I clicked on it and it totally worked. And now I don't have to do anything. <laughs> awesome. It's an amazing story. Really. Great, yeah. great story. That's that's <laughs> all right. So you've done all these different things, right? You bounced around. You've tried all, tried all these paths. When, when did you start in real estate? I mean, it's pretty recent, right? Yeah, yeah, it is pretty recent. Um, I sort of fiddled before then. Um, you know, I, I had another company and another couple of companies actually before I really got into real estate, and that really took up a lot of my nights and weekends before. Um, so it wasn't until the latest one um, stopped happening that I was able to really dig in, and that was only about two years ago. Okay, uh, a little so, less actually. So two years ago or less, you jump in. And how many how many deals have you done since then? Because I know you're uh, busy. Yeah, a little bit over a dozen. Um, okay. I've been involved in in some way. So I am not the. I've done two hundred deals and can tell you how <laughs> everything works. But uh, huh. it's uh, good progress so far. That's what I love about the podcast is that we you know we interview those guys once in a while that have done two hundred, three hundred, mm-hmm. five hundred deals, and then we do the guys that have done a dozen deals. And yeah. I I think the insight that we get from both. Is extremely beneficial because the guys who are doing two or three hundred deals don't remember necessarily, yeah, what it was like to do the first and the second and the third, and that's what we want to talk about today. Is yeah, how do you do that first and second and third deal? So, speaking of that, sure. let's, let's go to that. I mean, what was your very first deal? What did it look like? Uh, first deal um, was well, uh, I did probably. I would say hundreds of things that didn't work. Um, a lot of which I just started with no marketing budget and found, you know, tried to call every person on Craigslist saying, you know, hey, you've got a house for sale. Sweet. Let me take a look at it. I'll make you an offer. Um, so while extremely unproductive, very inefficient, uh, I didn't learn a lot and got really comfortable talking to people. And that's actually really important. I mean, I'm terrible at that because I never did that. Like, I never cold called. I've never done that in my life. So it's it's brutal. So yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a hard knock school uh, school of life. Um, so when I when I first started, I was really looking for seller financing deals. That was sort of the first thing that I really dove into and started looking. Um, and as it ended up, the first my first deal ended up being a rehab actually, okay. um, and uh, it worked out really well. So that first one was. A tax sale, uh, a woman uh, owned the place free and clear um, but owned back taxes and was going to lose it uh, to the local government in three days um, when she talked to me, which was actually a real shame because had she you know, gotten in touch with me even a few weeks before, there was any number of things we could have done. So um, we ended up getting this, this condo. It's a two-bedroom condo in uh, Clinton, Michigan, 
uh, not Clinton Township. They're, they're two different things. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, and just this little place. And, you know, I know people say, you know, paint and carpet rehab. It wasn't quite there, but it's about as close as I've realistically seen. I mean, the woman um, had smoked a lot. She was a chain smoker for probably 10 years. So, you know, a lot of cleanup and fixing, but really very minor things. Um, and I learned so much from that deal. It was crazy. So first, how did you find the deal? Sure. Uh, first, it was direct marketing. Um, by that point, um, I had been sick of <laughs> digging in and cold calling people for a while. Yeah. So I think that one was from, I, I do a whole lot of direct marketing. So I believe that one was from AdWords, from Google, I think, if I'm remembering specifically. Okay. okay. And w- we could talk more about the, the different direct marketing stuff that you do. So, so you got this deal and it's this, this woman who's, who's going to lose her house in three days, right? Yep. What happened? I mean, you know, you said there's more you could have done had you had more time. Sure. Uh, so what could you have done had you had more time? And ultimately, what did you end up doing to actually get the deal? Sure. Well, I, I think uh, having, having had more time, I wish actually I would have been able to do more for her. Um, because this being the first one that I actually, you know, closed on, I had, you know, few options and, you know, a lack of knowledge, really, of, of what to do. Um, so what I could have done probably was investigate more options, get her more financing, look into creative financing, all, all these different things, uh, you know, start the process, get an extension, something like that to actually get her more than we ended up getting her. But in the end, we basically just squared it away with taxes and helped her with a little bit of moving money. Uh, to get out. So uh, I ended up partnering with a friend, um, very good friend of mine, and we split the deal 50-50. He came in and, and provided the funding for it, and I and we both dug in and fixed it up and, and ended up doing pretty well on it. So Nice, nice. Well, let, let's talk about that a little bit, the partnership thing. Uh, yeah. I get, you recommend that, I would assume, like because it, it, it worked out well? I do, actually. I think that um, I have the advantage of having a very great group of friends and family that um, I've known. These are friends that I've known since we were 10 years old, Mm -hmm. I think. And um, so we trust each other like family. And um, so working with somebody like that, where you know you've been through the ups and downs already, you know, you've been through the rough patches and dealt with it and come through on the other side. If you can find a relationship like that, then it's it's actually worked out for me every time that I've done it. So friends and family can be a really great resource uh, cool. if you have a strong relationship. So and and I may have dozed off for a second here, but uh, I'm kind of boring. <laughs> I ramble a little bit. Too. Yeah, it's, it's it's all good. No, I I I, <laughs> I got really excited because I noticed I'm on a call with Brandon and Brandon, and they're both sitting with drum kits behind them. <laughs> yes. So yes, I, I was are. like, I got wowed by this weird thing. Yeah, all right, punk rock. So, yeah, there you go. So, totally. so tell me, uh, how did you end up structuring this this partnership on this first deal? Sure. Um, actually, um, this is something I wouldn't really recommend. Um, looking back on it, it probably makes sense to actually have a written agreement. Um, but I, because we had three nah, days, <laughs> come on. Uh, who, to, who needs to write? Who, who needs actually to lay things out all the way? Um, so. <laughs> Um, basically I said he had, he had contacted me before and we had talked about some potential deals that had ended up falling through bad inspections or, you know, whatever. And he had said he really wanted to do it. So I called him and said, okay, man, we got three days. If you want in, here's what we got. So I, I went through over and he, he, um, 
showed up uh, to closing three days later. The title company did an amazing job pulling everything, all the records, getting everything together. And we closed on the house. And as we're driving to it, he's like, you know, man, I, I must trust you a lot, considering I've never even seen this place and about <laughs> 10 pictures of it. And I just bought a house. So, uh, yeah. And then we, we drove over there, figured out a plan and went. So we actually never even had a structured agreement. It was all just handshake deals and, and knowing each other well enough where we could pull that off. Yeah. I don't recommend, I mean, it worked out fine. Like yeah. again, it, it was all fine, but you know, if you're looking for recommendations, just even if it's basic, draft something up because I mean, I, it could have turned south in a hundred ways. I'm sure that a lot of people could have pointed out, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, really, re- really quick. So on the on the tax sale, the person didn't pay taxes, and right. ultimately the government's going to take this thing away from them. Correct. Correct. So what are you acquiring the property for the full price of the property, or are you acquiring the property for what's owed? Tell tell us how how that works exactly. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so she owed the, she owned the property free and clear by this point. Um, she had three years of back taxes on the place, which wow. for this place, again, pretty – and that was the line. You know, I, I looked at all the documentation here in, in Michigan. They said basically if you're not paid um, by April 1st, uh, you're done. We're taking the place. No recourse, no nothing. It's gone. Um, so looking at that, we paid – so with the title company, we coordinated it. So we would bring a check for the – the remainder of the taxes, and then plus a little bit of moving money, basically five hundred or a thousand dollars, something like that, uh, for for the woman to be able to move in with some family that she had been wanting to move into um, with already, and uh, then they closed it all up. Taxes got paid off, and then it got put in our name. So nice. she walked. She walked away, ultimately getting out. Instead of losing it completely, she got into the place. I mean, her the benefit to her was you you got her into the to the property that she needed to move into. Yes, uh, she she had been really stuck um, yeah. and really wanted to get out, but you know, and she was like, "I don't want the police to come to my house, but I don't even have enough money to make it to my sister's place." Yeah. So, um, yeah, we were able to. You know, get her there at least. I All right. Wish we could have done more. But. So what? 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 What was the uh, amount in back taxes owed, and what's the property worth today? Uh, or, the, or what did you turn it over? It sounds like you flipped it. So what? You, what'd yeah. You flip it? Yeah. Uh, we the total purchase price was sixty five hundred dollars okay. on the property, um, and that was the back taxes and what we gave to her, and we ended up selling it. It was on the market for two days, and we sold it for thirty seven. Nice. nice. And you, you said it was, five, it was basically paint and carpet. Do you remember how much total you put into it? Uh, I believe $4,300 oh, in the wow. end. That's a, yeah. nice, that's a nice flip. That is yeah. a nice flip. And, and, and that was found through direct mail marketing, yeah? Yep, direct marketing. Absolutely. Right on. Very good. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Cool. All right. So that's not a bad, uh, not a bad start. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, well, you know, start is. Uh, and then loose, it went downhill. You know? <laughs> and then it all went terrible. No, um, it, it actually, that was really nice. Even while that one was getting fixed up, other deals started to materialize and come into play. And then I was able to do, you know, some other things. Too. Well, well, let's talk about that. Like, so what, what came next? I mean, was it more flips or was it, you said you do wholesaling and you've done some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think about five or six days after that, uh, closing, I got a lead for a mobile home. I think that was the next one. And with mobile homes, I had always said, okay, it's not really something I do. I know it's a specialized field. I'm not really comfortable with it. 
I can't really help you. Sorry, something along those lines to, to people that would contact me with those leads um, through direct marketing. Um, I got but, one the other day that I said that exact same thing to somebody yeah. called. I have a Facebook ad going right now and somebody yeah. called on it. I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't even know what the deal is. Like, it's, I don't even know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do I- <laughs> and so, you know, I, I stopped, you know, I'm all I'm all hyped up on confidence. You know, I just closed my first one five days later. Better do a second, you know, get all excited. Um, and so I realized I was like, OK, well, look at it this way. If this were my sister, if this were my cousin, if this were my uncle, and they were stuck in this situation, what would I try to do? You know, somebody says, hey, I hear you do real estate. Can you help me try to figure something out? What would I do? So um, I, it was a very, very simple method. I just Googled whatever terms I would use to sell a mobile home, um, sell my mobile home fast, whatever. And I found um, a few people here in Michigan that do deal with mobile homes regularly and I just gave him a call. I said, look, I've got this lead. It came through. You know, It seems to be pretty good, but granted, I don't know very much about mobile homes. So what would you do in this situation? Um, and they said, well, you found the lead, so why don't you just get it under contract and I'll, I'll buy it from you. And he's like, do you have any pictures? Shot him over pictures. He's like, yeah, if you price it about there, we, we should do okay on it. So signed it up and a few days later, I had the first mobile home wholesale, which was, which was an interesting one. Nice. What, what was uh, what was interesting about it? it? It's just it was so quick and easy. I think we did it on the hood of somebody's car. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it, like it, and just figuring out like, wow, had I actually try, you know, thought and stopped and said, okay, why don't I actually try to do something with this six months ago? I probably could have done this five times in the interim. Yeah. Well, you know, you say two really interesting things I want to touch on there. First was that you said earlier, when you talk to that person, you asked yourself, like, if this was my sister, brother, uncle, aunt, what yep. would I, like, how would I help them? And I love that. I've known, yeah. I've never heard anybody say that before. But if you think of real estate like that as I'm helping this person, their family, how would I help them if, if I go, even if I don't make, I mean, like, even thinking like, what if yeah. I don't make a profit? How do I help them? If you approach it like that, I think that's great. And I think if more investors did that, we'd have a lot, you know, better name in the industry that, uh, there's too many oh, people yeah. that, yeah, just think, how do I, how do I, you know, what's get the most money? Yeah, what's in it know? for me? How yeah. do I destroy this person the fastest I, I can? I'm, I'm going to disagree for a second there because, sure. you know, I mean, I know we've talked to a lot of people in, in, in this podcast and, and I think the folks that I deem to be credible that we've met, talked to, that we, we link up with a lot, the, the people who have sustainable businesses, I think mm-hmm. have that approach. I think so too. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I think... If you're going to take the I'm going to take advantage of people approach, I don't know. I kind of feel like your your lifeline in the business isn't going to be as long because it, at some point it's going to catch back up with you. I 100% agree. I think that, you know, if you first of all, it, to me that all starts with honesty, you know, with with somebody that's with, you know, colleagues that you're working with. It's with, you know, your your family and friends. Where are you? You know, they, you know, I feel like um one of the issues I think is there's a whole lot of fake it till you make it, which has in some ways a, a good benefit. I think the negative yeah. part is when people start inflating everything too much or they make promises they can't keep yep. and then end up just leaving somebody you know stuck in the mud. And so yeah. I made a promise to not do that a long time ago. And I think it's really helped a lot. Yeah, that's great. Hey, the second thing you said that was really interesting that I think we should touch on is that you, you said like had you – 
had you known it would be that easy, you could have probably done a lot more deals before that. <laughs> you know, right? So yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's kind of convicting for me too. Like, like I said, I got that lead for a mobile home, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, whatever. I'm not. I, it's not my. It's not my thing. I don't. I don't do mobile yeah, home. So totally. I just kind of left it alone. I'm like. Now I'm thinking, man, I should have at least made a couple phone calls. Like who's yeah. buying? Who's buying? That's a great tip. Go on Google, search for, you know, find the guys that are trying to rank for those terms of we buy mobile homes fast or whatever. And yeah, that's, that's so. And if you go, if you go on Google, you know, or or Bing, if you're a Microsoft person, or <laughs> yeah, I don't care, you know, whatever. Or um, or a bigger pockets. It's uh, the yeah. Place, bigger pockets. yeah, that's actually a really great place. I uh, I don't mean to. You know, I hope I'm not down in that at all. No, like, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying in case, just saying. in case the listeners don't know <laughs> who they're listening to here. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. yeah if, <laughs> if you go on there, you know, well, bigger pockets is a great example. You know, you see, you know, the people that are there that if you have a conversation with somebody or, you know, you, you find that they're putting money into their, their marketing, you know, and they're on bigger pockets and they're making regular forum posts and they're helping people out. You can tell that they're serious about their business. And so if you can hook up with people that are serious about whatever it is, anything you either want to learn or get help with, whether it be mobile homes, like in this case, or flip, you know, you can really, things like bigger pockets, it, it really helps you identify who those people are. And then you'll get really good advice instead of, you know, just only give me 30 grand and then I'll give you some advice. You know? Well, even on the deal side, right? I mean, you're, you're looking Absolutely. for mobile home guy. You just, you know, you can actually do a search and, and find, you know, mobile home Michigan and, and figure out who does it and link up with those people. Um, yeah. But uh, no, listen, I mean, it, it's a uh, good point. And, and I liked what you said before about, you know, the credibility aspect. I mean, it's something that I, I push and have pushed kind of from day one with, with the site is, you know, I think, and I, I think we as a community need to strive to do better and be better representatives of ourselves, so to speak. Um, yeah. and, and I love that, you know, I love talking to people who are doing it. I, ha- I hate when I talk to somebody and I'm like, oh, I like this guy, man, but he is shady. That, it's always <laughs> yeah. disappointing to me because I'm like, you know, people are going to look up to him. He's smart, but you know, he runs his business in a way that's not quite on the up and up. Yeah, and it's going to make absolutely. us all look kind of dirty. I think that um, you know, getting into a different side of it a little bit is, is if you actually get into wholesaling a little bit, there's all kinds of gray areas with wholesaling. You know, where you can do things, you know, honestly and straightforward, or you can do them a little on the shady side. Yeah. And I mean, to me, it's it's no contest. You know, if you, if you're not being straight with people, then you're you're not doing it the right way. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So we got this wholesale deal that fell in your lap that you did on the hood of a car. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so the first two deals are, are you're, you're, you're on a roll here, man. It's easy. Yeah. Life is good. <laughs> and, and then, no, did, I mean, was there a brick wall moment? Did you hit any kind of uh, trials and tribulations with any of these, um, you know, deals as you're kind of experimenting uh, and oh, trying to oh, learn yeah. your way? Definitely, definitely. Uh, I think I have more brick walls than uh, slip and slides. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, so, um, so the first one, I was so excited. I remember uh, this was the first deal that I successfully got under contract. Remember, I said I said about two years ago. This was in December. So twelve, twelve, twelve was the day we got this thing. As it always sticks out in my head. Nice, nice. And um, get this thing, and it looks great. Everything's awesome. And get this, uh, get this inspector to come in. And I want this thing so bad. I want it to work. I have been essentially doing this nights and weekends, getting home at five thirty, six o'clock, calling people, going, you know, 
spending money on gas. I don't really have, you know, trying to get these deals running into it. And the inspector says, um, I mean, you can do it if you want, but you know, you're going to fall down flat on your face. So having those moments and even right before that first rehab came in, getting to that spot where it was just so dark. I remember sitting there uh, uh, with my wife one night and just being like, what am I doing? Like, I have now been doing this for months and doing it right. I mean, doing marketing, going hard, following up with people, tons of leads, all kinds of stuff. Am I just awful? I mean, you know, wh- what is wrong with me? Why can't I make this work? Yeah. So that was rough. <laughs> Interesting. Well, you know, I don't think you're alone with that. And, and, and for the people listening, if you're in that situation where you're, you're out there and you're, you're struggling and you're trying to do marketing and you're trying to find deals and you, you set criteria and you're just either not finding deals or you're finding deals and you're talking to people and it's not working out, it could be incredibly frustrating, incredibly wow. frustrating. So, so, so what did you do you know, to take a riff on Brandon's question about you know, what do successful investors do? What, is, what did you do to kind of get you over the, the mental hump and you know, to, to avoid just giving up? Because it would have been real easy to say, you know what, I put six months in, I haven't gotten anywhere. It's a wrap. Oh, it, it would have been incredibly easy. Like, yeah. I really wanted to do it, honestly. Yeah. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, um, but I think the first thing is I have a, a fantastic support system. I mean, my, my wife throughout this has been just incredible. I mean, always so supportive, but realistic at the same time. So that was a huge help. And honestly, I think a big thing with me is uh, for a while now, I've really tried to flood myself with positive messages, Um, whether that be books, tapes. um, It's a combination of really eliminating a lot of Do they make tapes still? Yeah, I think so. Well, I had a 91 Toyota pickup and that thing didn't have AC, but it had a tape player. So I rocked the heck out of uh, Lee <laughs> Field, Lee, Earl Nightingale, 80s stuff. So, um, nice. but uh, yeah, just, just so, you know, basically anything that I could get my hands on, any kind of, I mean, now these books are common, you know, uh, not that I found this community. Um, before I found it, you know, I just was sort of doing this all on my own, you know, positive thinking books, you know, good movies. You know, I I was reading Game of Thrones and I love reading it, but I actually stopped myself because I realized that it was really kind of bumming me out the whole time that I was reading it. (laughs) That is like the most most depressing books. I've read every one. I I know. I love them, but they're like awful, you know? And so I was like, you know what? I I can't handle this right now. So um, basically to push through, another really important thing was I actually looked at it really logically. Um, I was doing a job, which was fine and good and great people that I was working with, but it it wasn't what I wanted to do. And so logically I thought, well, what happens if you quit? You know, you are, you just stay where you're at or you stay on this track that goes nowhere you want to be. So what's the point of quitting almost? It's a strange phrase, but what's the point? If it's not, if staying what you're doing and not continuing on gets you somewhere that you don't want to be, then why quit? Because at least if you don't quit, you have a chance to get where you want to be rather than being guaranteed to get somewhere that you don't like. Yep. I have no sense. idea it's what little... you just said. I, All right, I I'll, let me try to boil it down. <laughs> no, I, I, listen. No, you're, I mean, you're saying, you know, 
just kind of get out there. I mean, you got to take a chance at some point, right? And it's it's really, you know, for me, I had to use logic to overcome it. It was like, yeah. well, let's look at the pros and cons here. If I quit, yeah. I don't get it. So, yeah. and I won't be happy with it. So I yeah. might as well keep going. And really well, your logic didn't make any damn sense to me. However, if it worked for you, then that's great. <laughs> uh, All right. So, so are you, are you now, are you a full-time investor or, or? I am. Yes, I am. It's a very fun thing and things speed up immensely when you can actually make it full-time. Yeah. Now, did, did you, did you just quit your job then to get into the investing thing or were you doing it while you were working? And then at some point you said, all right, I'm starting to do okay. Let me get out. Yeah, it's it's the second one. Um, I had been working. Um, I was working a full time job, um, and it was nights and weekends uh, for a little bit over a year. Um, my wife was actually doing a master's program, and she found a job over here in Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh, which is about two hours from where we had been living in Ann Arbor. So um, I wasn't able to actually keep the job that I was going to have anyway. So it was almost this natural transition of, well, let's give it a try. Uh, I have to find a new job anyway. So let's, let's dig in, go for it. I've already had you know some good successes. Let's make a jump. So uh, my wife and I agreed, <laughs> we'll try this for three months. And uh, if you don't have enough momentum going, then you know, we'll figure something else out, find another job, do something else. But fortunately, the momentum caught and uh, I'm able to keep doing it. So it's cool. excellent. Right, what do you think, like, what would be your suggestion for somebody who wants to know when the right time to quit their job is? Like when, does, when should somebody say, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm quitting, I'm full-time now. How prepared do they have to be? Um, I would say it would definitely help to have some deals under your belt. That, I think that number is really going to vary per person. Some people will feel comfortable with two or three. Some people will only feel comfortable with 10. 20. Um, and, and that's really up to your personal comfort level. Um, for me, uh, the stars kind of aligned on it. But in, in turning it, you know, trying to get it to somebody else, it's, you know, the, also realize that the lights are never all going to be green. You know, if you're trying to get from, you know, Michigan to San Diego, you know, you're never going to have all green lights that's on good. the way. So um, at some point, if this is something that you're committed to and you really want to do it, you just have to make a leap. Um, on the flip side, I would say just make sure you're not going to throw your family into the ditch to do it. Yeah. Um, so we, we, were, we were at a good place where we had enough savings um, you know, put away where we could be fine. Um, and uh, we knew that my wife was working and walking into a job so we wouldn't be really up the creek without a paddle. Um, if it didn't go well, it, it did go well, but uh, we had enough of a safety net to make that yeah. work. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I, I think that's really good advice. I mean, I think a lot of people struggle with when to quit your job and when not to. I know I, I quit my job three times, two times, something like that. I mean, sure. even even now, now I'm I'm at bigger pockets because you know I I don't know I like working a job I guess more than I like not working a job. But I, I was know. getting yeah. worried there. I was I, yeah, I was no. wondering <laughs> if you're about to quit your job again. No, I mean like I quit it the last time. You know, I said I'm I'm never gonna have to, a, a day job again. And then I did real estate, and then I got enough you know uh, cash flow to to not have to work or even have to invest in real estate anymore. And I was like, well, now what do I do? I'm bored to death. So yeah. I mean, I just your life changes as you go through it, and it definitely a. Uh, Definitely changed for me a lot in the last couple of years. So well, let's let's move on uh, enough about me. But we want to talk about marketing. 
Because well, let's I, talk about me. <laughs> no, we're not going to talk about Josh either. We want to talk about your marketing, what you do, how you're getting leads. You mentioned direct mail. You mentioned AdWords. I'd love to cover both those things and then uh, whatever else you want to share. So why don't we start with AdWords? What is it and how do you use it? Great. Uh, AdWords is um, it's only one variation of pay-per-click marketing. There's a lot of variations on it. I know there's AdWords, there's Facebook ads, there's Bing ads, there's Yahoo, there's paid placement on any number of good sites um, going where people are going that need to sell their houses. Um, the basic concept is um, you market to whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for people that have a lot of equity, try to find those terms. And you're trying to get these people to click on your link to come to your website to give you their information. Um, uh, from that, you take that lead and follow up. Nice. So what, is that, what does that cost? I mean, presumably, well, I know the answer to the question, but I'll still ask <laughs> Would, I mean, it obviously it's going to vary uh, depending yes. upon the term. And, and how does that price vary? Is it uh, auction system? Yeah, it's uh, the, the one that I use primarily is Google AdWords. Um, I have heard very good things about other things, Yellow Pages, um, uh, lots of other good systems that work for people. Um, but it is an auction-based system. So based on the individual keyword, it will vary. Some keywords are super cheap. Uh, five cents, ten cents, honestly, for a click. Other ones are super expensive, twenty bucks for a click, thirty bucks for a click, something like that. Um, so that really comes down to you. How do you want to compete? Do you want to compete on the long tail, to use a marketing term, or do you want to, you know, jump in there and fight with the big dogs on house? You know, and then you're gonna, you know, then you're gonna pay a lot uh, for for each click. Yeah, yeah. So, so presumably, you know, we do talk a lot about the the. Uh, mail, direct mail stuff. Uh, and, and I don't think we've done enough on the show about the uh, online marketing stuff. Sure. What, what type of funnel are you typically trying to create there? Uh, in, in, in other words, for, for those people who don't understand what I'm saying, you know, obviously you're, you're going to put out a bunch of advertising. You're going to expect, you know, say a hundred people to click on the ad of the hundred people who come to your website through the ad what percentage of those are going to actually fill out a form? And then of those people who fill out the form, what percentage of those people actually have some actionable intelligence on a potential deal? Um, I've heard a pretty good ratio. At least this is, this is for online stuff only. I think all of these methods have different... Well, I want to know what you're experiencing. Numbers. Oh, sure. Um, so say I get... A um, hundred... Yeah, say say I get say I get a hundred. Out of that, I will get maybe twenty people uh, filling out the form, um, and then from that, um, I'll follow up with them. A lot of those people actually kind of drop off the map. You can follow up with them every day, and they'll never call you back. Um, but out of that, you've got you know uh, five solid leads, and ideally, you know, you can get you know three out of that that are actually actionable that you can get under contract for a good rate. So, you know, you're looking at probably one to three percent um, of your clicks that might actually get you good results. And okay. what are you personally paying for a click usually? I mean, like, I know you said it varies, but what, what do you usually Sure. Um, I, I focus a lot on the long tail end, so I pay less than a lot of people. Um, normally, it varies between about a dollar or two dollars. It's also cheaper in West Michigan than it is in California, I imagine. So, say yeah. the high end, it's two dollars times a hundred, two hundred dollars to acquire you know one to three leads, essentially. Sure. Yep. Cool. And that's that's uh, not bad. 
That's that's not bad at all. Um, yeah. I was surprised at the, the success, honestly. Before, I thought it would take a million clicks to get any leads. But once you start getting at it and refining things a little bit, you can have success. Yeah. Okay. I, I've been doing, like I said earlier, I've been doing Facebook marketing, just a little bit kind of playing with it. Sure. Because uh, I, 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 mean, I, I enjoy that stuff a lot. So what I've, I mean, what I've been doing is I've had like five bucks a day. And my ad just says like, you know, I live in uh, Grays Harbor County. So I say like, sure. uh, live in Grays Harbor, question mark. And then a little picture, I have a little picture of the, the Aberdeen sign, which has like Kirk Cobain's come as you are phrase on uh-huh. it. And it says, oh, yeah. yeah, do you, uh, Looking to sell your house quickly, uh, close and whatever. I think I have like, you know, seven days cash for your house, whatever it says. I, anyway, sure. and I've had like in the past week, I'm looking at right now, in the past week, I've had 161 clicks, uh, averaging 40 cents a click. Uh, granted, a lot of people see that, like, they're like, there's a local ad on Facebook. They're going to click it just because it's some, <laughs> you know, like, they, yeah, they, they know. Yeah. They know. So, Facebook, so the clicks are cheaper than you get on Google, but it's also not as targeted. But and out of those, uh, out of those 161 clicks, I've had I think four or five phone calls and four or five like website submissions, and uh, looked at a couple. I mean, just kind of casually looked at nothing like solid yet. But anyway, those are just my numbers. It's yeah. I mean, I I'd say overall, um, it's a pretty low cost. But through across all marketing, I'd say each lead is probably between twenty and. $25 per lead generally mm-hmm. uh, across all my marketing, which is, I mean, solidly, not like yep. fluff, you know, yep. stuff. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. I th- I'm, I'd probably agree with that quite a bit with mine on some. Cool. Sure. Cool. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Real estate investing is great, but for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers a targeted 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split with 70% of net profits going to the investors. You'll earn passive income by participating in lending to house flippers. And it's secure because senior lien holders, that's you, are first in line to get paid. Their rigorous underwriting process and the backing of a physical asset mitigate downside risk. Plus, by investing with Pine Financial Group, you contribute to the revitalization of communities by directing your funds from Wall Street to Main Street and supporting local economies. The investment is reserved for accredited investors. Don't miss this opportunity to back Main Street over Wall Street and start earning passive real estate income. Learn more about investing with Pine at pinefinancialgroup.com/bp. pinefinancialgroup.com/bp. 
As home prices and interest rates continue to rise and inventory levels dip, it's getting harder to find quality flips and wholesale deals. When there's not enough on-market inventory to go around, it's time to start looking off-market. Lucky for you, there are millions of homeowners nationwide who own a property they need to get off their hands. I got two words for you, my friend. PropStream it. PropStream is the leading real estate data provider and recognized as a Tech 100 honoree by Housing Wire for the fourth consecutive year. With PropStream, you can search over 155 million properties nationwide using 120-plus search filters like pre-foreclosure, bankruptcy, pre-probate, failed listings, and more to help you find motivated sellers in seconds. PropStream offers both public record data and an MLS sales estimate that's over 99% accurate to help you get the most accurate comps even in non-disclosure states. PropStream also provides lead automation, skip tracing, and a marketing suite with emails, postcards, and custom landing pages to close more deals efficiently. Get started today with their seven-day free trial and get 50 leads for free. Head on over to www.propstream.com BP. That's www.propstream.com BP. All right. Well, let's. Uh, so we talked about we talked about AdWords a little bit about Facebook. Uh, let's go to direct mail. Uh, so, how many letters are you sending out? Like, what and what kind of response rates are you getting? Um, I actually am very happy with the response rate that I get here. It's between fifteen and twenty percent. Wow! Um, <laughs> wow, that's yeah, really good. It's, it's that's on, that's on your direct mail mailers. On direct mail mailers, yep. So how do you? Wow. How are you getting that? I mean, because most people say you know five percent or even one percent is good. Would be would be great. Yeah. yeah. Um. So well. <laughs> The highest that I ever got was with when I was sitting down and handwriting letters. Um, and I would write 10 to 20 to 30 letters a day, depending on the day, mail them up, first class mail and mail them out. Um, the, the, now I've gone to a, a printing method. Um, I'm not sure if I should uh, plug away all my secrets, but. Uh, uh, I oh, use, there's uh, no secrets. Come there's on. no secrets. It's uh, actually, um, I use uh, Jerry Puckett um, here, and I found him on Bigger Pockets, actually. Um, nice. And he oh, does right a, a lot of the printing. Yeah, so he'll, he'll print those up, uh, then he mails them to me. Um, and then I will put a, it's a small envelope. I use a first class stamp, and it's a letter. Um, and it is printed off of a computer, but it looks like a handwritten style. If that makes sense, it's not a, a computer font. It's like a handwriting kind of font. Yeah. Um, and uh, the list that I've been using is um, from List Source, um, and I focus a lot on absentee owners um, around the the bigger cities that are right around. on. Right on. So uh, that that's been the most effective. Uh, that, no, no, the most effective was the handwritten, and you've moved over to to the print <laughs> the printing of the yeah, uh, which I think was a good decision because I just ran out of time to do yeah. that. I just did not have enough hours in the day. So how much, how much, uh, how much mail are you putting out now every, every week, month, whatever it is? Sure. Um, I've actually paused. Jerry could probably say, he's probably going to send me an email after this podcast saying the next one's due up. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you owe uh, me money. <laughs> when I was doing it, um, I actually started small, um, with only about 300 a month, give or take. Um, and that was enough to keep my pipeline full through that method, which was pretty remarkable. I know um, listening to Justin, he sends out you know many more than that um, to get those same results. So I feel like I might just be in a lucky pocket yeah. uh, here in Michigan. Yeah, makes sense. Um, well, cool. So direct mail, Google AdWords. I mean, are you doing anything else? Do you? I mean, have a yes. car, sticker on your car or anything like that? That's- 
I don't have a sticker on my car, but I do. Um, I do signs. I do yard signs. Uh, some people call them bandit signs. It's okay. So I do that. Uh, it works, um, and I've sort of figured out the areas where they're okay with it and the areas where they're not okay with it. Um, let's and- let's talk about that, Brandon. Yeah, sure. So uh, them being okay with it being the places where it's legal the, the to place them. Exactly. That's that's the the more technical way where it's actually legal to put these up and where it is not legal to put those up. So obviously gotcha. in in if sitting with everything else that I do if it's not legal or not good, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to pull them down. But they do work. So so in, in yeah. terms of finding out where it's where it's kosher. I mean, it, how how does one do that? Do you just call the the city and say, "Hey, I want to, I want to do some marketing, and this is one of the things I want to do." What, what do you do? Yes, that's a good first step. Um, is you go and then you tell people and say, "Hey, this is what I want to do. Is this okay?" A lot of times, um, a lot of responses I have is, "If it's okay with the property owner, it's okay with us." So then it's another follow up call to wherever you're going to put it, saying, "Hey, is this okay if I put a sign here?" You know, sometimes you'll float them a few dollars, and then they're okay with it. Other people say, "Who are you?" get away from me. I never want to hear from you again Uh, (laughs) when you you follow up with them. Um, And even with that, um, you put them down and you get all the permission in the world and sometimes they'll come back through and say, hey, this isn't allowed. And you're like, well, I talked to this person and this person and this person. They said it was fine. Um, So, but once, you know, if that happens and somebody says, hey, don't put it here, then I stop. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're, instead of putting it on right of ways and, and street corners, you're focusing on putting them on people's actual property versus city property. Or, you know, even with that, even a store, um, a local store, there's a lot of local stores here in, in West Michigan. It's not all, all chains all over the place. And you try to do it a little bit targeted where, you know, uh, you know, a local Ace Hardware might be fine with it. And so you try to, you know, do it a little bit more focused where, you know, if somebody's going to work on their house, they're going to be going to a hardware store. Yep. So getting it there, you know, is... A, a good thing. It's a good area to shoot for. Yeah, and and let me let me just put this out for for everyone listening. We at Bigger Pockets are pretty pretty big advocates of doing things the right way and doing them legally. Uh, oh, you, you know, if you go out and you start hammering neighborhoods with bandit signs, you know, illegally, you're you're just making a bad image for yourself. I mean, personally. I hate bandit signs. I, th- I don't sure. think anyone should use them. I think, you know, I, I really think they litter neighborhoods. I think they're awful. Um, but I'm going to say, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about it, make sure you do it and uh, legally. Do it the right way. Do yep. it the right way. If you're not, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I get a lot of people who don't like me because of my position on these things. But I think th- there's plenty of other credible ways to, to market uh, than uh, to go out and, and illegally post up signs and say, Hey, how do I put up a sign? So people don't take them down. Well, they're taking them down because you're doing it the wrong way. You're doing, you're breaking the law. Don't put them right. up. How do yeah, I don't. use it? Get a fake number to, to do this. Well, if you're, if you need a fake number, something's wrong with what you're, you're doing. Probably not. Yeah. And I'm, I, I completely agree with that. You know, that's why I said lawn signs at first. Um, because you know, the way that I do it, they're not bandit signs <laughs> because yeah. they're okay. In those yeah. areas, and it's it's a big thing. Oh, in this particular area, in these particular markets, they are not uncommon for any number of services from excavating. We're gonna we do siding, dry all, all kinds of things. Use it sure. in this particular area. Yeah, so. yeah, right on, right on. Any other strategies, or or is that yes. pretty much? The, uh, oh, there's yeah. The, yeah, um, I do hey. um, networking. I've found leads and deals through Bigger Pockets, so. 
definitely do that. Um, nice. Follow up with people. Um, it just, I, hey, I've got a lead in this state. I've thrown deals out to other people that other people have jumped on, and I've accepted deals from others. So Bigger Pockets is an excellent networking source. Um, I've used it a lot. Um, I do nice. a lot of sim- similar networking at uh, local real estate investor meetings. Um, and, and that's good. That generates a lot of leads. Um, and then I do other things like Craigslist and stuff like that too. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on to, uh, uh, why don't we talk about cash buyers a little bit? Cause you said you wholesale Great. some deals. We I, you already yes. talked about earlier how you found the, the one, do you have another good method or what should people be looking for when they want to know how to wholesale a deal to somebody? Sure. Um, I think a big thing to remember about cash buyers are that you don't need a million of them uh, to to have a successful business with wholesaling. Um, Generally, I've found that just a few solid people um, is really what you need to keep your your lifeblood flowing um, in that in that area. Um, so my style is, I know, uh, I know some people and maybe, maybe these methods work great for them, but they'll find a lot of houses, get them all under contract and then shoot them out to a million, million and a half people. And it's a big list of 20 homes or something like that. With me, what I do is I do a lot of talking to people, sitting down, having coffee, figuring out really what they want. So that could be, I like this street. I don't like that street. This is my price range. I want three bedrooms only, never two. And so whenever I find a house, what I, then my job is to you know, gather that information that I know about the people I've met and say, hey, this person is looking for a house. It does fit this. And then I'll put together a really customized package for one specific buyer uh, rather than a big blast style. Yeah. I think that's a little differently than some people do it. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's a smart way to do it. You know, you you basically build a database and establish a set of criteria and pretty much list who wants what. And uh, if something comes in that matches, you know, person A through G, then you send it to A through G and, and, you don't need to send it to everybody. There's there's no reason to waste your time and energy on it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's the big thing. Uh, finding cash buyers for me has been a long, long and slow process. Um, it's really developing relationships. I think that that's the big key. If somebody, you know, if you're able to work with someone that you can trust on either end, either they trust me, I trust them, then you can get, get a lot of things done. Um, but that's going to these meetings, sitting down with people, Having real honest conversations without, you know, fluff, being honest about what you're doing and why you're doing it. You know, all of those things make such a huge difference in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Now, listen, it, it, there's there's lots of approaches. There's no right one. There's no wrong oh, one. Oh, absolutely. You just right. kind of got to go with what, with what works for you. And, and uh, it sounds like you've got some, some good, um, good ideas here. So how, how do you decide, you know, you find a property – how do you decide what you're going if you if you're going to flip it or or wholesale it? You know, it'd be easy to wholesale, but maybe I should flip this one and go for a little <laughs> more money. I mean, what's wh- how does that process work for you? Uh, that process is definitely on a case by case basis. This is actually where we're getting into one of the weaknesses of where I am at right now. Is when I first started, I just sort of jumped in and said, "Okay, just get things done." You know, methodology systems, puh, who needs those? You know, <laughs> just just go. And so <laughs> I am now running into the problems with the just go method. Yeah. Um, so um, for instance, right now, if another deal crossed my desk that was even a, a great flip, 
I would have to say, okay, I just can't take on another project right yep. now. I have overloaded myself. Yep. Um, and so for me, it's right now, it's not a perfect answer, but it's a, a debate between, okay, how much, you know, using a computer term, how much bandwidth do I have to actually handle this project? Do I have, you know, where are my contractors at, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in the future, what I would like to do is just have a system going. Okay, all right, well, I've got three deals going right now. That's my max. Time to wholesale them. Um, I also, if it looks like it's better as a rental, um, I just go straight to wholesaling those because rentals and property management and that kind of thing is not something that I'm doing at this time. No, not gotcha. yet. Do you want to get into that eventually? I do. I do. Um, I know that I, you know it's a really good piece of advice. Actually, just jump into the thing that you want to be doing eventually. Um, I think uh, several several good reliable <laughs> posters have said that. Seems like really good advice. Um, and uh, but with me being able to do this as a job for now, while learning a lot about houses and getting into that eventually. Seems like a really good middle ground. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're so you're at this position of scale, right? You're you're yes. at the hey, I, I I could handle things kind of on my own, but if right. it's and if if there's any kind of scalability that that's required, I'm in trouble. So yes, it it seems to us. Well, it seems to us being. Seems to me, I'm, <laughs> we we are the Queen of England, the, the royal we. Yes, the royal we. No, it's, it seems to me that uh, um, you know you're probably at that point where yeah, it's it's time to kind of hunker down and focus on you know how to build the systems for yourself and and how to you know get those team players into place. Uh, to to Definitely. get you to that next step, and and so what is it like? Because I think we've talked to. We've talked to a lot of guys who were, you know, hey, I'm getting one and two deals. That's awesome. And we've talked to a ton of guys who've said, you know, hey, I've got my systems. I don't think we've actually talked to anyone (laughs) who's where you are, which is I'm stuck. I I, I can't kind of get to that. Well, I'm not saying that you said that, but I I can't get to that that next deal because I, I really don't know. I'm not saying you don't know how to scale, but, you know. I'm at the point where I haven't started to. So what is yeah. that what is that like and what what's kind of going through your head right now as you're facing that? <laughs> well, for me it was an epiphany moment as I was working on this rehab that I'm doing right now. I'm sitting there painting trim and and this it's an old house, it's 100 years old. And it, we're working on this thing and I'm thinking I am so wasting time right now. This is not what I should be doing. This is not efficient at all. And so this this epiphany moment for me and then saying Okay. Well, in that case, what does it look like? Um, so getting, doing the first ones, it was like, okay, what I want to do is make, you know, basically the top dollar possible. And what that means is me personally doing as much as I can with every deal. If I can lay floor, I'm going to lay floor. If I can finish drywall, I'm going to finish that. So now I have to look at it as, okay, what am I actually good at? What are my real strengths and how do I bring in people efficiently to really that can do the stuff better? There are absolutely people that can lay floor faster and easier than me. Painting, you know, um, even you know, even outsourcing the direct mail that I mentioned. I mean, that was a huge help. So it's basically taking these little pieces and fitting them into a system that works. So I've started doing little things, but that's definitely the next step of the growth is saying, okay, where do I pull myself out of this system? Because yeah. the less that I'm in it every day, yeah. the more that the overall system can succeed. 
You know what's interesting? I, as I sit here, I, I think about my own business. I think about bigger pockets, and and I think about this show. And granted, a lot of this show is very, very specific to real estate. But we are, you know, we being the audience, and we being the uh, the folks that we're interviewing, we're all kind of small business people, right? We're all sure. Every real estate investor is a small business person. Every every real estate agent is a small business person. Absolutely. And and you know, everybody kind of faces the same issues in terms of really figuring out where they are, where their company is and 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 what they're good at, what they're not good at, I who to put that, into place. I think that uh I read this book probably 6 years ago and I've read it a couple times since it's the E-Myth uh revisited by Michael Gerber. Yep. And um it's a really good book that talks about exactly this thing. Essentially you're working in your business instead of working on your business. Yeah. And basically you're you're baking the pies instead of creating the systems so the pies can get baked without you being there. Stop um, painting trim. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Stop painting trim. It's not a good use of your time, you know? Um, are you so, yelling at, are you yelling at me? I, no, I'm yelling. At <laughs> no, I was. I was actually going to say, stop climbing on the windowsill and putting putting. Uh, yes, new, th- uh, thank you, Ben Labovich. Thank in you. In the rain. <laughs> yeah. no, ben, so I, was, I, should yeah. probably, I should probably reread that book uh, just to remind myself. <laughs> yeah, that's actually one of those books I think it. you should reread every. Kind of like I say, like reread Rich Dad Poor Dad every year. Oh and yeah. Like reread yep. E Myth every year. I think you just got to be reminded of those things. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, hey, why don't we? Uh, actually, no. I have to ask one more question before we go to the fire round. Sure. But that, that question is, I ask every single person pretty much who does rehabs, how are you finding good contractors? Uh, references. All references. Um, the, that's, I also use Angie's List. Um, really? I, um, if you guys have heard of that, it's a super cheap subscription service. They have lots of, if you're stuck, um, you ask around your local real estate club and you just got nobody, no idea, I'd recommend going there. But my best successes come from, hey, I use this guy. I know this guy. He's really good. Yeah. Um, that's both online and in person. Um, but getting a reference is pretty much the end all be all for me. You know, I was just yeah. thinking like based on that, I, I've never actually done this, but I'm going to do it today is is just go put on my Facebook wall. Hey, does anybody have a good recommendation for a plumber in Grace Harbor? I'll just write that. I, Definitely. I'm gonna, I'll report back next week on what I find. Yeah. We'll be great. see if that works. Oh boy, I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let Can't you know. Can't wait to find out. Oh, I know. We got to keep people, you know. update. Yes. <laughs> All right. Now we're officially moving to the It's time for the fire round. The fire round, these questions all come from the Bigger Pockets forums, which you can get to at biggerpockets.com slash forums. Fancy. All right. Number one, I'm a college graduate, just got out of college, looking for my first investment. How should I get started? Uh, for your first investment, I would say try to find somebody that has done the kind of investment that interests you the most. Um, f- talk to that person, find the pros, find the cons, see if after actually digging in a little bit, it's what you do want to do. Um, if you find out that it is, try to get good help. Um, I, on, on my first one, uh, the, my friend that I partnered with had already been a landlord for a while. He already knew a lot about these basic house fixes and things to do and things to look for. And so getting people smarter than you around you is a very, very good thing. Yep. Good. Yep. Good and, and and you know that again can be applied to pretty much every component of business. Uh, so. Absolutely. I yeah. am not that smart and I will take all the help I can get. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well at least you admit it. 
Hey, hey, yeah, we all know our weaknesses, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, cool. So when wholesaling properties off the MLS, how do you get around the 60-day hold requirement that some banks have? You know, have you run into this yet? Uh, I can't actually speak to this because I have never wholesaled a property off of the MLS. Um, I have only worked with sellers directly, uh, so I've never wholesaled a property off the MLS. So I couldn't tell you one way or another. Have you bought? Uh, I'll I'll kind of adjust the question then. Have you have you bought any uh, like have you bought any properties off the MLS for your investment? <laughs> no, I have not. Actually, okay, let me ask another question. All right, <laughs> have all these been pretty much direct deals with with the seller, or are you working with uh, real estate agents as go betweens? Uh, directly with the seller. Um, I think that this is something that I will work on and add to the repertoire is working more with real estate agents. I actually, I love real estate agents. They're yeah. great. Yeah. Um, and so you've never I, bought through an agent. Um, presumably you've sold through agents. I have sold through agents. Yes. I've never bought through an agent. So I think fascinating. Another, I think that's another really good next step for me. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive to go that many deals without having to uh, purchase uh, through an agent. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Impressive, or it's, it's something anyway. <laughs> uh, it's something I don't know. What it, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, yeah. Well, it just it just shows that there's a there's a lot of ways. To do it. I mean, I've hardly bought in any properties that were not MLS. Almost everything I've done, uh, flipping or wholesaling or multifamily, have almost all been MLS. There's been a couple direct sellers, but not many. So sure. it just shows there's different ways to do it, and you can succeed at either one. So exactly, just exactly. what what could what's good in your market, and what are you good at? So. All right, next. Uh, how would you suggest finding a credible wholesaler that understands leaving some meat on the bone for rehab buyers? Good question. I like that. Yeah. That is an excellent question. Um, I've both worked with other wholesalers and wholesale deals myself. Um, a big part of it is relationships, again. To me, it's, it's all about that. Finding somebody who is not going to just try to suck every dollar out of the deal. Um, I, I've been on both sides. I've been on the rehab side. I've been on the wholesaling side. Um, so for me, it's just talking to people and really analyzing a deal and saying, if, if it's too high, it's saying like, all right, dude, what, what, are you, what are you looking at here? Like, can you, can you get this any lower? Because these are where my numbers are at. Here's where I'd be comfortable with it. I don't know what you actually have it under contract for. But, and if, if you get somebody who's constantly just trying to peg you as high as possible, that's not somebody I'd want to work with long term. Yep. So, I mean, in some cases, it's just that's as low as the seller would go. And that's the deal, and it's just no deal. But if you've really got a guy that's trying to milk you, it's kind of like, eh, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. All right. Cool. Last question is How would you suggest someone get rid of the smell of cigarette smoke? You dealt with that on your first deal. Oh, what do, what do you need to do? Excellent. Um, rip out all the carpet and the pad. Absolutely. Um, get it out of there day one. That was the first thing we did, and that removed uh, 75% of the smell, probably. Um, after that, you'll want to use um, something like Kills. Uh, a latex-based paint that's you know specifically made as an odor killer. You're yeah. going to have to do a lot. You or somebody else, and you know, getting these systems going, yeah, uh, will have go. to do <laughs> have to do a lot of washing and scrubbing for anything that you want to keep. Uh, say you want to keep the cabinets or something. You're going to spend a lot of time on those cabinets because that smoke is just going to seep in everywhere. So um, get professional grade cleaning products. Um, talk to people. The, the cheap stuff is not gonna help and you're just gonna want to run your head into the wall also open the <laughs> windows keep the windows open as much as you can uh run fans all day and 
at some point, it's just a time battle. You keep doing this stuff over and over again, but if you keep it all flowing, then eventually it'll go. All right, so I've got a, a probably what, what's a stupid question because uh-huh. I've never had to clean a house out of cigarette smell. <laughs> say, I, I would presume, say I started in the kitchen, yep. cleaning the kitchen, right? Yep. Well, we get all the carpets out of the house. That's the, the quick and easy. But every, every other room still stinks, even the, sure. the rooms that you pulled this out of. Um, my assumption is you start in one room, and as you kind of clear the stank out of that room, do you have to kind of seal it off so the smell doesn't <laughs> you know, leach back in and get all over, all over everything? Or is it, it, it almost feels like it'd be this never-ending battle, or, or is it just you know, little by little, as long as you've got kind of the air flowing constantly, you're to, okay? To me- to me, it's a little by little. Um, unless you are able to create a vacuum seal somehow, it's air. I mean, it's, it's going to get there and it's going to get in. Um, so you just do the best you can and keep at it. Um, I've always found that like – We night- couldn't seal it off. I mean, we, we're yeah. scrubbing the walls and it looks like coffee running yep. down the wall. I mean, it's disgusting. You know? Yeah, I think like 99% of the smell comes from the walls anyway. I mean like obviously yeah. the carpet, but it's it's not in the air as much as it is. It's on things. So if you get yeah, it off of things, things – Deep it's, scrubs. Yeah, yeah, deep scrubs. Magic eraser is a great... <laughs> yeah, it is. That is a good... That works well for things. Yeah. yeah. They have that little... Ma- have you used that yet, Josh? little magic eraser. It's like... For, I don't know. Mr. Clean. Yeah, I, 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 I don't... I don't know if you clean, the, the, you know, but... <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know what magic You've eraser. got kids, Thanks, though, magic. who draw crayons on the walls, My you know? Kids don't Your actually, kids don't do that? They're not savages. They don't draw crayons <laughs> on the walls. No. Uh, no, there's... there's a every rental I have ever been in has crayons on the wall. I assume every kid does that. My, my point uh, is... is uh, <laughs> No, no, I'm I'm kidding. But no, listen, my my kids don't draw on the walls because you know we we, we put the uh, the fear, fear of God, uh, God yeah. into them. So yeah. <laughs> All right, nice, nice. All right, well, hey, let's let's move on to the final section of the show, which we like to call the famous four. All right, the famous four. These are questions we ask everybody on the show, so you know what they are, and I'll, I'm going to throw them right at you. First sure. one: What is your favorite real estate book? Uh, this one is a really hard one. I read a lot of real estate books. Um, my current favorite um, is Flip. Um, it's part of the Millionaire Real Estate Investor Series. It's uh, Clay Villani, Villani and Davis, uh, and Gary Keller, of course, is you know involved. Um, that one is very good. Um, I want to next up on my reading list is actually the one by Jay Scott. Um, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot from that one too. So yeah, those books book. that are really nitty gritty detail. Um, those were really big helps for me. I mean, there's a million and one. Good yeah. Ones, yeah. Oh, cool. Right on. What about your favorite business book, non-real estate? Um, non-real estate. Well, my favorite like non-anything book is probably Lord of the Rings, which is awesome. Um, but uh, m- more in nerd this. Nerd alert. Uh, yeah. Oh, 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 I am a hard nerd. You don't have to worry about that one. Um, so <laughs> so uh, the is – Actually, not even a book. It's I, I mentioned it earlier. It's uh, "Lead the Field" by Earl Nightingale. Um, it's a really good. It's a series of audio tapes. Actually, it was recorded I think back in the eighties. It's really just about um, you know your outset and your look on life, um, and it's really good. I probably listen to that one at least once a year. Nice. Cool. I'll, I'll have to look for that on Amazon, and I'll put a link to those in the show notes at biggerpockets.com/slash/show69. And uh, Josh, next question. Yeah, you, what about what about hobbies? What do you do for fun? Uh, I do a lot of things for fun. I am a I'm a lacrosse coach uh, in high school. High school oh, cool. lacrosse coach. That's huh. great. 
Um, we actually have a game today. Uh, nice. <laughs> I, Good luck. I, Good luck. Uh, maybe you'll tell us next week how the score went. <laughs> and, and then you can tell me how your teeth brushing went. <laughs> I feel like um, I'm getting made fun of here. Is that is anybody else <laughs> noticing that? I don't know. No, not yep. at all. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so other than that, I really love to travel. Um, uh, travel, seeing friends. My friends are scattered all around the country. Um, I love to travel. Uh, I love. I like games of all kinds: board games, video games. Like I said, giant nerd alert. Um, and I really like Dungeons to and Dragons. <laughs> I actually <laughs> haven't gotten into that, but I hear it's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> He's not that not that nerdy, Josh. Come on. <laughs> Uh, oh, so, you know, we, we did have one of our guests uh, as a Dungeons and Dragons fan. I think it was Don. Was it? Yeah, oh, yeah I think, yeah, I think it was. I think, yeah. Fun. I, yeah, uh, I played it when I was you know, younger. That explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's a game. games. Lots, lots of cool stuff. Cool. All right. Final question from me. What do you believe sets apart successful real estate investors from those who never get started or fail? Um, to me, I thought about this. I figure you guys had your famous four, so I could throw mine out here. Um, at the same time, uh, I tried to boil it down to one and I couldn't. So, um, the four elements, the first one that I really see is courage, um, which is, you know, your ability to act in spite of fear. You know, even if you're afraid, you can still move forward. Um, the next is knowledge, figuring out what to do and when to do it. Um, you can be as courageous as you want, but if you run straight into a swamp, you know, you're not going to. You're not going to, some quicksand, you're not going to get out too fast. Um, really important one is persistence, just keeping at it, even though it seems like you just want to quit. Like I've had that experience several times. Um, and then the last element, probably the most important one, is just faith. Um, knowing that as rough as this gets, if you can focus on it and keep driving towards it, faith that you will ultimately accomplish your goal. Cool. There you go. Well there said. Go. Well said. Nice. Well, cool, man. So, so uh, before we let you go, where can people find more information about you? Link up with you. Excellent. Uh, yeah, the Bigger Pockets profile. I love that. I use it all the time. So, shoot me a message. Uh, things like that. Uh, my company's website is thehoneybeehomes.com. T H E at the beginning. Honeybeehomes.com is, uh, I think, some a realtor in Texas. That is not me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, nice. So, my my picture's right on there. So, it shouldn't be too hard to find. Um, so that's my website and my email address is my first name, Brandon at the honeybeehomes.com. And yeah, any lunch, uh, calls, Skype dates, whatever. No big deal. I like, I like talking. You're going to regret that. Yeah, you are going to regret that, by the way. But okay. Listen, hey, it's it's all good, man. It's all good. The 24,000 people listening to the show might, might all decide to, uh, no, yeah. Do not, do not, everybody, inundate Brandon with email just for fun. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, it's, it's been a pleasure. Really enjoyed listening to you and, and uh, hearing about your story. And, and hopefully folks learned a thing or two from you. Uh, of course, this is show 69 of the Bigger Pockets podcast. And anyone listening can check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 69, where they can ask Brandon, not Turner, but Mr. Brandon Krieg here questions that uh, they've got about uh, today's interview and uh, otherwise listen that's really it if if you're uh, if you're listening to the shows and you're not yet connecting with us on on bigger pockets please jump on the forums get involved uh, get engaged the more you do that the uh, the better you feel I don't know <laughs> uh, and 
Yeah, just just get involved in the community. I think you'll find a lot of value in doing that. Otherwise, you know, again, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, G Plus, and all the the usual major social networks. And uh, get out there, make things happen, guys. Network, connect, interact, learn, and uh, be successful, and and share your stories with the rest of us. And uh, let's all help each other thrive. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week at uh, show seventy of the Bigger Pockets podcast. Thanks so much. I'm Josh Dorkin, signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors, large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam! Instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.